21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. If you had to like, you know, um, drill down the essence of who I am really quickly or what this company is about, we, we kind of, you know, fumbled our way into marketing and branding, right? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not somebody that's got an MBA in marketing. I'm a guy that, you know, started a business at uh, 20 years old in his parents' garage. Right, and started a mobile DJ company because I was a musician and I had a, a great PA, uh, you know, a, a sound system. And uh, that has grown into a uh, a love of, of of brand and working specifically as an entertainment company for in the corporate realm. And then the corporate realm, then you went from entertainment to audio, to lighting, to video, to then creating the content for the video and the, the video that became the storytelling, right? And so, you know, that that's that's kind of, you know, how, how we kind of, you know, in the, now for the last 20 years, we've been, you know, this creative agency working with really big brands. But it all starts with you know me as a musician, me as a you know a theater major, you know, and taking my love of music and theater and you know and 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 realizing that that is all experience driven. Kind of like you with you you growing up, you know, going on with, with your dad that's a filmmaker and your mom that's in the theater, right? You know, you just you, you take those things and you realize that they're using these devices to motivate people to feel a certain way. And when you say experience driven, can you immerse a little bit more and share with us what kind of experiences are you talking about? So virtual events and everything else that yeah so i mean for us experiences any way you any any way you connect authentically to a to an audience right so that experience might be something that we create in a virtual broadcast that might be something that we do as a live activation in the middle of you know times square in new york it could be a, a large event for 80,000 people in the streets of los angeles those are all experiences and that's just the way our brain thinks is what is the tangible experience for the the audience you're trying to connect to. And you did really a lot of large events and special events. Can you can you share a few examples? of that kind of experiences, big experiences. Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, a big arena in Los Angeles when that opened, it was called Staples Center. It's where the Lakers play. And when that opened, you know, the company that was hired to do that got fired 90 days out and we got hired 89 days before to produce this 
massive grand opening with 80,000 people in attendance, you know, shut down 11 blocks of downtown Los Angeles with, you know, 200 food and uh, uh, artisan vendors, uh, three stages, 40 headliners, all in 89 days. So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a big example of, you know, something that's large and over the top that people might understand and recognize. So you say 89 days before. So I suppose from that young guy, 20 years old, young guy to 80,000 people events, <laughs> how have your marketing and brand storytelling and events strategies evolved over time? And, and the, the organization. So you started by yourself and then gradually... Yeah, I started by myself and I surrounded myself with people much smarter than me, right? Right. As, mm. as, as the team starts to grow. But really, right on the brand and the strategy side, really took a turning point about, uh, you know, 12, 14 years ago when we were uh, introduced to an organization called the CMO Club. And it was a private members only club for chief marketing officers of basically Fortune 1000 companies. And uh, being able to produce all of their U.S. and European summits for them, we got to be in the room with some of the greatest marketing and brand minds in the world. And so then you become friends with these people and you start working with these people. And over a, a dozen years, it just becomes part of who you are. So it's like every summit was like a masterclass in branding and, and experience and, and marketing. And besides... People that were much smarter than you and networking, any other suggestions for all young and not so young entrepreneurs that are listening to us? Sure. Yeah. Be authentic, right? Be authentic. Right, because so many, so many people, and actually, so many companies will see something that is cool and go, "Oh, we want to do that, or we want to do something like that," and it's so outside of who they actually are or who their their uh, target audience knows that they are. So then it doesn't feel authentic, and then it feels like they're being sold, as opposed to you know uh, partnering alongside of a brand that you believe in because they share the same ideals with you. And authenticity, what it is for you and how do you become authentic in what you are doing, in your niche, in your presence, in your communication? I was being interviewed and somebody asked me the question, how do you build trust with a new client, right? And I said, um, you know, there's lots of ways to build trust with, with, with new clients, but one way that people don't think about often is sometimes you say no. Sometimes saying no to a client going, this is not the right project. We're not the right people for you. No, we can't, you know, build you that million dollar house with a hundred dollar budget. You know, it's, 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 and sometimes saying that no, you know, builds that trust with somebody kind of going, okay, we may not work on this project together, but I know those guys are going to talk, tell me the truth and I can trust them. And and so that, to me, that's such a huge piece of uh, being authentic, right? Is, is, you know, understanding 
yes, I can deliver for this client or no, I, I'm not the right person to deliver for this client or especially, or, or I can't deliver inside of their financial constraints, right? Um, and so, you know, being honest uh, leads to either they find somebody else that does it, they find somebody that doesn't do it as well, or they find the budget to to do it right so that that's true and then the other piece of being authentic is what i mentioned just a moment ago which is sometimes you know a, a brand wants to do something that isn't who they are right they they try to be something that they're not and it's 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 i would say it's analogous to um you know your grandmother you know putting on leather pants and going to a disco, you know, it's like, it's not authentic to who she is. Right. And so then it feels out of place when, when the authentic crowd sees it. So when brands try to be something that they're not, it becomes, um, it becomes very obvious. And, and even, even outside of trying to be cool, sometimes brands will try to do things um, to be socially relevant or to be cause-driven just because it's the right marketing thing to do, not necessarily because it's what they believe in or stand for, right? So all of those things are really play around with being authentic and, and, and really understanding who you are. And regarding those boundaries, uh, beside business boundaries, do you have, as an entrepreneur, personal boundaries as well? Yes. Yes, I do. I do have personal boundaries. And unfortunately, I'm probably better at keeping my business boundaries than my personal boundaries, you know, not being an entrepreneur and uh, running this company now for 38 and a half years since I started it. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've busted through lots of my personal boundaries and put work first over family and friends and op other opportunities a lot of the times. Um, and some, it was absolutely worth it. A lot of the times it, it wasn't right. And you pay the price for that. So, uh, but that's the truth, but in, in work, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're pretty good at, uh, keeping our boundaries in place for, for work and, and making sure our team is good and they're getting the rest they need after we make them go through large, long weekends and crazy ideas and things like that. And we always try to make sure that they have time to balance out their life and same thing with our clients, you know, deliver, 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 and then, um, you know, make sure that they're, they're happy and they understand, but I'll always over, over communicate. So yeah, so the question is around uh, you know uh, growth and emotional development. I think yeah, obviously starting the company with 20 when I was 20 years old and now I'm 58 years old. There's a tremendous amount of emotional maturity that that comes with um, messing up, making the wrong decisions, uh, uh, making decisions that aren't good for other people, for your family, for your employees, uh, sometimes for your clients, and you you learn. You know, those, I am a huge fan of people making mistakes, right? As long as people own their mistakes, right? Make the mistake, understand it, see it, face it, what it caused, right? Uh, there's, there's a saying 
that I use all the time. And it's really hard for people to accept it emotionally. They'll, they'll accept it um, intellectually, uh, but emotionally it's, it's hard. And it's like, how can we interrogate the results without interrogating the person? Right. Because often when somebody messes up and you go, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about how and why that happened. How did we get here? And how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? It's so, so hard for that person to divorce themselves from I did something wrong, I did something bad, I'm being chewed out. And it's and it's not about chastising, it's about looking honestly at what led to a situation occurring so that we can make sure that we can learn and grow from that experience. So um, I think, you know, my emotional maturity came from, you know, years of trying to figure things out on my own and understanding that I didn't have all the answers and having to be able to go to people against smarter, wiser, more experienced than me to help me grow. And emotions are also very important part of storytelling as well especially for right right brain yeah i mean that's, that's such a true statement yeah how can businesses use storytelling to strengthen their brand motivate customers take action you want to tell a story make sure that's a story that resonates with who you are as a brand right and you know and and, it, and it's easy uh, you know here here in the us you want to connect uh somebody emotionally quickly to your brand in a 30 second or a 60 second tv spot you know you use you know you use a, a pet you use a dog or a kitten you use uh, you use children you use a, a veteran coming back from war and it's like there's an emotional connect right that 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 happens it creates goodwill that's like okay we we all can rally around the troops and dogs and children right we get that but and i'm sure you've seen this that during COVID, uh, you know, uh, in this, there's a there's a compilation video that floats around out there that cuts together probably 60 different commercials from 60 different brands, all basically saying the same thing, using the same style of music. We're here for you. We're in this together. Blah, blah, blah. And so it's something, you know, it was great the first couple that came out, but after you keep seeing it and seeing it, and it was actually really funny because you look at this video, it's almost like they're all, you know, piano based, almost all in the same key on the piano, right? You know, so you could just like cut all these things together. And so after a while, you're like, all right, then that just becomes a world of, of noise. So again, if you have the time to tell your story in an authentic way, what is that real story? What is it you guys are really doing um, that, that, that um, connects people to their heart? And so we've been really, really fortunate here, Martin, that um, for the last 10 years, We've been working with a spoken word artist in Los Angeles by the name of Steve Connell. Just got off the phone with him. And uh, together we have created something called Spoken Cinema. And this is a product that we sell here at Go West that uh, sometimes it's for our clients. Most of the time it's not. And we do projects all around the world where Steve, we, we do what's called a discovery call. Uh, and we'll spend an hour with a client finding out, you know, who they are, what they're about, what their key initiatives are, you know, you know what their projects are, all, all those type of things. And then Steve will spend about four weeks and he'll come back and we'll do a delivery call like we just did for a client. 
And in that call, he'll deliver a piece and he has a unique ability as a, an artist, which I haven't seen with any other spoken word artist. He has this unique ability to connect the audience to what it is they do, not what they do every day, not the tactical thing that they do. I make, you know, car parts on an assembly line. No, what you do is you create a safe way for moms to pick up their kids from soccer practice and deliver them home safely, right? What you do is you create a better life for, for people. What you do is create safe transportation. You know, whatever, whatever it is people do, whatever the, 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 the journey is, you, you get people fed or you, you, you provide medicine at the store, whatever it is, it connects to that authentic thing. And so to, you, know, you ask that question, how can brands authentically connect? It's, it's through ways like that where you don't just think about here's what you need to do to hit your sales goals next month so that we can all get a bonus at the end of the year. You connect people to the heart of what they actually do in life as part of humanity. And I think that's kind of one thing that we can all agree upon coming out of COVID is we do see and recognize humanity in a, in a completely different way that maybe we didn't prior to March of 2020. And in that particular storytelling, what are the critical elements of a successful brand story? Uh, understanding who you are and what you do as a brand. Drilling that down to a concise and clear message that you can deliver to consumers so that they understand what it is you actually do. Right. We're in the middle of a, working with a client right now to help them rebrand. And they're a very technical based term that uh, technical based company that works inside of marketing departments. But what they do is so completely different than what exists in the markets. So to try to give them a 15 second sentence that says what they do. So people get it and go, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. So brands need to understand that, what, what their product does. It's just not another toothpaste. It's not just another fast food. It's, you know, what is it that you do and why should I pick you over all the other toothpaste, over all the other fast food restaurants, over all the other car makers? Well, what is it that makes you special and unique and understand that? Because, you know, the brands have to have their internal, you know, uh, you know their, their promise and their purpose. Um, but that's that's in, inside. That's, that's inside baseball. That's the thing that they need to communicate to their shareholders. But when they're talking to their consumers, they need to understand very, very clearly who they are and why they matter in the day-to-day -day life of your average citizen. We do a lot of work with um, uh, the city of Selma 
in the city of Selma here in the United States is, you know, where in 1965, there was, you know, a group of African-American people that are trying to cross the bridge in Selma. And they got beat back by the the uh, Alabama state tro troopers. And it, was, it was a big, it was a big time, big moment in, um, in the United States for the civil rights movement. And so we've done a lot of work with the city of Selma. We've done a lot of work with uh, different organizations on uh, domestic violence and, um, uh, uh, you know, and uh, suicide prevention and, and, and different things. And it was really interesting because, you know, um, the U.S. can be a very um, divided, very polarized place. And I think in the last few years, it's become much, much more so. My parents, uh, I was I, I was raised as part of the, uh, my parents were in the Republican party, right? You got the Republicans and the Democrats here. And, um, you know, and I, I would say that I'm very much an independent now, right? Because things have happened where I can't really support this side or that side. And I think what's really interesting, I was talking to some people here on the team last week, is since we've done so much work in the civil rights side of things, right? Um, city of selma we we work with a lot of the uh you know black communities here in nashville tennessee i think people that listen or see me then go oh he must be a democrat he must be a liberal right and 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 i i i have so much dislike around that uh because I, not that it's a bad thing to be a democrat and not that it's a bad thing to be a republic not you know you know not that it's a bad thing to be independent but we've become the society that if you stand with this group over here because these people are hurting and you see that they're hurting and you want to help then you get labeled as x over here right or if you stand with these people over here you get labeled as that and i just thought can't we just be champions of humanity can't we just see causes left right center uh, across the board just see where people are hurting and see if you can make a difference there without that becoming a label to who i am to who this company is or to what what, what we believe in so it's a, a, a long answer to say yeah we do a lot of work in the csr space and we we love that because i understand that i got certain giftings you know you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer, so I believe God gave me certain things as a storyteller and a way to communicate emotion and things like that to uh, large groups of people through live events, through experiences, through video content. And I want to use that to help people. I want to, I want to help if, a, if that motivates and helps. And, and so, I, you know, I don't, I, I just wish that it didn't have to be a political statement when you stand with one side or another. And when you say God gave you certain certain things, are there any specific personality traits important for your success? What is your mindset? And do you have any special daily routine that helped you out in different situations? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good question. Um, and I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. Um, and I think the word that comes up for me is empathy, right? Empathy, right? To to be able to close my eyes and put myself in the place of that person that's hurting or if it's for a corporate client, to put my put myself in the in the in the place of the audience member that maybe 
doesn't feel like they're heard or doesn't like the direction of the company and go, well, you know what, Mr. Executive, if you say it like that, I might receive it like this. So maybe if you address it this way, so I know that you hear what I'm going through, maybe that will help me to now have ears to hear what it is you're trying to see, say to me and the things that you're asking me to do, right? So I think that the, the whole side of empathy is such a huge piece of the storytelling because we need to understand where people are, meet them where they're at, and then 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 address if you have a solution or just an ear, right? The other thing I think that, you know, when you say tools, um, again, starting this company at 20 years old as a mobile disc jockey company, music, music is part of... Um, it's my, it's part of my soul. It's, it's, you know, I have certain songs that I can't hear without being transported to that moment. So often when I'm in a space, if I'm, you know, executive producing it like a, you know, a, a musical or a, a big theatrical piece, I will just live in that space and live in that music and listen to every, every, every nuance, every accent, every lyric and go, how do I bring that to life? in a way that just you know grabs people by the heart and 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 takes them on this journey that I'm feeling at that moment. Well Martin, thanks so much for your, your time. Um I, you know I, I love the questions that you've asked today, and I, I really uh, appreciate your fresh um, approach. To how you look at storytelling, um, you know, it's been my pleasure to be able to work with clients and brands and humans and organizations over the last, you know, going on 40 years now to um, help them tell stories and to touch their heart in, in an authentic way to help motivate people. Um, and so it's, you know, it's been my pleasure to be here today. And if anybody is interested in talking to us here, go West Creative. Uh, we have a really simple website. It's just four letters. It's uh, gwcg.com. That's uh, Go West Creative Group, gwcg.com. So www.gwcg.com is where you can get a hold of us. And uh, it's just... Really, really been a pleasure to be with you. So thanks so much. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast. A gold awarded journey Hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.